Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcasts, and basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also get more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me via the Zoom studio is our good friend, Mr. Brendan, also known as BlindBat8719. Brendan, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Paul. I'm really happy to hear you actually get the name, you know, really consistent. You I know? never had a problem with the name. Once, <laughs> once I put it in my head, it stayed there. <laughs> to or, everybody else. Or I may have dyslexia and just this is the only way I realize it. I was trying to protect myself a little bit by flipping the numbers, but eh, it works. <laughs> eh, it works. It still works. But because I, I have to say it in my head, it's it's my birth year too, just opposite. Yep. So like, I have to just kind of... <laughs> I don't know how it works. Just uh, talk to tech support if you have questions because exactly. I have no clue. But uh, Brendan, I want to thank you for jumping in. Unfortunately, Ronnie wasn't able to to join us this weekend and we wanted to get an episode out. And Brendan's actually been texting me all week or actually like the last two weeks about this series that we've been doing. So we thought it would be fun to, to get him included and get him involved because that way he can just ask me and talk to me instead of having to text me like 8 o'clock in the morning going, I liked this part, but... So we do have a lot of new listeners. We had a huge uptick in downloads and listening, and we want to thank everybody who's new to the show. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, we had an 800% boost in listeners, and that's not even an exaggeration. Is that because of the being added on the new platforms? We got added on a bunch of new platforms, and we've had a huge upsurge of people listening and downloading. So if you guys are new to the show, welcome. Thank you. I don't know why. No, that's awesome. It makes me feel like I want to go back and check out your YouTube page to see if the Sin City one got any more views. Oh, my God. That's still the weirdest thing. We still can't explain how that one happens. But yeah, that for some reason, for those of you guys who don't know, on our YouTube channel, we we upload the podcast. And for some reason, we did an episode of Multiverse Fancast about Sin City movies. And for some reason, that is our highest downloaded, watched, whatever video on YouTube. It has the most views. It has over, like, I, I, cause I usually watch, listen to your stuff, slash watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it, everything on their channel, most probably the most they might have is like 10, 20 views, which not that bad because, again, it, they're mostly a podcast thing. Totally yeah. fine. But their Sin City has like a thousand or more. And it's like, Everything is like in the low, you know, below fifty. But this one podcast is over a thousand views, and we have no idea why. Like, it, we haven't had any interaction on it. Nobody's like been commenting on it or anything. But just it has a ton of views. I think maybe it's people who are looking up Vegas. Possibly. I mean, I think as long as it counts as like thirty seconds. I think as long as you watch a video for thirty seconds, it counts as a view on YouTube, which is awesome. So maybe. Yeah, YouTube's a whole other beast, though. We have enough trouble with just audio. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan's been asking me about video, and I was like, we're looking into it very slowly very very slowly. welcome welcome to my world i'm in the middle of trying to edit one video to get it out hopefully this week and then maybe after this record my another video for me to make like a christmas one just because i have a couple ideas and one of the characters actually is a toy maker Mm -hmm. so i'm like this is totally perfect for christmas so for those you guys who don't know brendan what exactly do you do on youtube 
I forgot to introduce myself better that way. I am a YouTube content creator for Magic the Gathering. They have an online slash mobile thing called Magic Arena, which is kind of like, I think, like, what was it? Oh, I forgot the WoW one was called. Anyways, it's a nice card game that has all these fancy animations on it now. It looks a lot cleaner than their other online offering. So I decided to jump into my head. I play the game a lot. I create YouTube content based on the historic brawl format where you take one of these legendary characters and you build a deck around them as their your leader, your general. And so that's where I, you know, so I try to find thematic things. And it just so happened the latest set, they had a character called the toy maker. And I'm like, it's Christmas time. I love Christmas. This is a perfect combination. Oh, I love it. I actually just found all my magic cards. Like from, from when I used seriously? to play, like when I was younger. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have any idea what set they're from? No idea. No idea. I'll 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 bring them out the next time you stop by or the next. I time would see each love other. that because you know. Again, I always like finding those like rare diamonds that you don't know that you actually have, mm-hmm. and they're old. <laughs> they're they're over twenty years old. Some of them. That yeah, that's where the money might be. Like you have like an original duel somehow. You got a couple hundred dollars on your hands. I'm still pissed that my mom threw away all my Pokemon cards. Ooh. I had almost the entire original 151. Oh, I feel so bad. Oh, now Pokemon cards are selling for like thousands and thousands of dollars. I actually have a, I had a standing rule when I was living at home with my parents, and then even now with my wife. I told them, like, if you ever get mad at me, do not throw out the cards. Don't touch Sell my cards. them. Do not throw out those cards. Those are mine. Oh, <laughs> still, still heartbroken. Oh man, I don't. Uh, now, now I'm sad. Now I'm sad. So let's let's actually get to our topic, which is we're continuing our philosophy series. Now, like I said, Brendan's been listening to it, and he's been uh, sending me messages and talking to me about it. So I thought, why not get Brendan involved with this? And we're going to continue with our list. So we're not going to start all the way back at the beginning with Brendan because, you know, you guys have heard a lot of that stuff. And this is the happiness segment. I'm excited. It's, it is the holidays. Let's be happy about it. That and I also kind of felt it would be like a weird podcast. It was like you're you're quizzing me and interviewing me. Like Brendan, what are your thoughts on these sixteen questions before we get to something new from Paul? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So we're gonna continue, like I said, through this list. Now I did send Brendan the list, which so he has an unnatural advantage, unlike Ronnie, who did not. <laughs> Ronnie had no idea what any of these were, so I would just kind of read them to him, and he'd like get a couple seconds to think about it, and then that was it. So Brendan has a little bit. Of, a, of an edge, but I don't think... Too... I actually haven't gotten that email yet, so I actually have no idea what the next questions are. It's a good thing I sent it to you on Facebook. I just thought that was easier. <laughs> okay, I need my phone for that then. <laughs> All right, no, I'll email it to you really quick. I'll email it to you as we're talking. But uh, now, Brendan, you, as I'm emailing you, you mentioned that you do video editing, and it's something that I've been trying to get into. Any any thoughts, any suggestions? I, I just do the... You can always get better, so just put something out there mm-hmm. and see how, and then learn from that for the most part, I would say. Um, I love keyboard shortcuts. If you ever figure out a few of those, that's always a good way to do it. And you don't be afraid to like try different stuff out. Like I I picked the first thing I used. Uh, I wish I could remember. I should be on my screen right now. I don't remember it, though. But it was a combination recorder and editor. So this way, then I, I figured, just get myself started. I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let me just put something out there, and I can learn as I go along. And then once I made the decision to build a better PC to, for my gaming and editing, I decided then I and I started looking at things like I should probably change to the more common combo that people use for recording videos of like OBS to record. And then I found a free one called DaVinci Resolve to do my editing. And so while I was a new learning curve, what does what to actually edit and everything, I just slowly learn things and get ideas and try to figure out how to get better with some of the stuff, but also be patient with yourself and try to, I think the biggest thing would be be patient because I, I can record like when I was doing this all the time, I did 
why I was able to do a video a week mm-hmm. and then life happened and life that happens. got to be really tricky. So I would say, keep it simple. If you're going to do video editing, try to keep something really simple to keep your pace because you're really good. You guys are very consistent. I feel like in terms of you're getting at three podcasts a week, the video, video editing, pick something really simple to make it so that you're able to keep up that production mm-hmm. or hire somebody to do like what Jamie does in the Joe Rogan podcast and just do all that stuff live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Now, don't worry. I did also email you the, I also emailed you the the list. So, all righty. Yeah. So, while Brennan's getting that going, I'll actually I'll just jump in and I will start. So, again, this is about happiness, about what it means to be happy, and that is actually the very first question. What does it mean to be happy? Now, for me, I think being happy is just being so present in the moment without any other distractions or negative connotations. Like for me, my wife and I, some of our favorite times when we're just sitting on the couch, doing nothing, watching one of our shows or watching a movie and just nothing else is going on. We're laughing. We're talking. Sometimes we're even just dead silent. There are times where like we'll be sitting together and maybe I'll be, you know, playing the PlayStation while she's playing. The, she's a big World of Warcraft girl. That's that's. I her, know, yeah, that, that was her, really cool to find out. That is her poison. She is so addicted to it. So she'll play for hours and like won't even talk. It's wild to the point where I sometimes have to be like, "All right, and your time's up, okay?" <laughs> it's dinner time. <laughs> I, I finished making you dinner, but for me, being happy is just being so incredibly present, just where everything else is just away like all the negative stuff like all like bills to pay cleaning to do adult stuff to do i hate adulting adulting is literally my least favorite thing like i had to go get blood work done to go to my physical like later this month and i was like i remember my doctor's like did you get your blood work done i was like for what he's like because you're over 30 now you have to do things like that you have to get blood work done you have to get your cholesterol checked i was like my cholesterol is fine it's fine no big deal. Don't worry about it. And he's like, uh, you, you I guess probably should look into that a little more myself. I know, right? <laughs> I'm still waiting for my mom to make my doctor's appointments. I'm not sure how to do it on my own yet. That's oh, a, no. That's a joke. That's, uh, a joke. that's where I use calendar. Google, either Google Calendar or the Apple Calendar. Just reminders. Remind reminders. me of this date to make me an appointment for a month from now. Nothing but reminders. But what about you? What does it mean to be happy for uh, for Mr. Brendan over there? I would say what it means to be happy. I I think you have the right idea that it's being in the moment. When I think back to the times that I'm the most happiest, it's when – I am I, I I when I kind of realize like I'm just in the moment right now. I'm with maybe people I will uh, either my wife or my friends right? or even now my son. Just those little quiet moments where it's just us and we're just you know I'm making him laugh and I'm like my God this is so happy or just or I'm holding him in my arms while I'm trying to like cradle him to sleep a little bit. So yeah, I think just means to be happy is just kind of be content with what you have and not wish for more because. I remember hearing stories in college about this group that would go down to help build houses down in Mexico. And they would, you know, the person coming back would observe that we have all these products, we have all this stuff, all this wealth in America. These kids have nothing but maybe a little ball to kick around. And they are the happiest people in the world, Mm -hmm. the happiest people. And you, in America, we have all this stuff and all this unhappiness. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm all about it. So we'll, I'm going to word this properly. Can I be happy when faced with suffering? So is it possible to be happy when you're faced with suffering? What do you think about that? Can I be happy while faced with suffering? I I want to say yes. Mm-hmm. I, 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 me personally, I want to say yes because you can always find that silver lining. And I think that – sorry, guys. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to fill time while thinking at the same know, time. It, it's it, always a fun trick. And that's why this is tough because in all honesty, like – 
these are questions that really do provoke the thoughts and thus thought provoking questions. I want my gut says, because I, I do like to tend more towards the happiness of things are like, again, looking at that first question, are humans innately good or evil? I like to think towards good mm -hmm. that I would like to say, like, yes, you're facing, you have some difficulties going on, but it doesn't mean you can't find some happiness while you're going through something. Yeah, I no, I agree. I mean, the, the very first question is, what does it mean to be happy? And I, you know, I said, you could be, happiness is just being in the moment and being present and being grateful for what you have and not focusing on other things. But you could still find those moments even when other things are going wrong. Like some, yeah. of, some of the shittiest days that I've ever had ends with on a happier note just because I'm present with my wife or I'm doing something else or just something to take me out of it. So I think even when things are going wrong, there's still plenty that could be going right. And it is totally possible to be uh, happy even when you're facing like some real shit odds. Yeah. That's just me, though. Is happiness universal or a matter of perspective? I always say it's a matter of perspective. It's not something like you can't quantify this would make everyone happy. What's happy for me is totally different than other people. Like, I don't think anybody else, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that would be happy just to sit down on a couch and watch a movie or TV with my wife. But <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that really just pertains to me. But I think, I think happiness is universal just in the matter of like, Everybody can feel it in some capacity, and a lot of times it is very similar. You know, like there, there are totally times where hundreds, if not thousands, or millions of people can be happy. Like you go to a sporting event, and you're yeah. you're on the home team, and the home team wins. Most of the people there are happy. So for me, like I think happiness is definitely perspective based, but it can be something that a, a lot of, if not everybody, feels. I think you said that very well, and I agree with everything that you said actually about that. So. Yes. Oh. <laughs> See, the, when Ronnie and I did this, we actually tried to make each other argue, but that was for all the depressing ones. I mean, no, I don't mind the arguing. I would love to, if one comes up, I would love to debate you. I just, I'm looking at that one, like, I don't, yeah, universal is a matter of perspective. I totally agree that, again, what makes one person happy makes another person, can make somebody sad or whatnot. Again, your example of a sporting event. Very happy that the ball went through Bill Buckner's feet at the 86, you know, you know, World, not the World Series, but the round before that. Totally happy. Mets fan. Totally happy that happened. <laughs> Red Sox fan. Not so happy. <laughs> I know. Sports. Sports. <laughs> I still got to make that shirt that just says, go sports or just sports. That and uh, what was the other one? I keep thinking I want to design for you would be who would win in a fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Sean, I think we, in our last episode, we did who would win in a fight. And I don't think we ever actually fully answered it because we just started talking about it. But yeah, who would win in a fight is one of my favorite or <laughs> I want to try and build upon it. We wanted to do a whole episode of like just fictional characters and who would win in a fight, just randomly picking them out. So I think that's going to be on the docket at some point. This that sounds like an awesome time is getting you know, 12 random names out of a hat. and like, oh, does this person win? <laughs> See, it would be much more fun, though, if I got a whole group of us. Like if you wanted to jump in, if Ronnie wanted to jump in. I'm down. If Rob wanted to make his triumphant return at some point because he's been taking a break. What but you should probably do is find the take that a good list of the 100 best movie characters and have them figure out who's going to win a fight. Oh, yeah. It'd be a, so much fun. And then we would argue about it because Superman would just beat everybody. No big deal. I don't know. Goku brought him up for a fight. I don't know. I, I think I think Death Battle did that twice and Superman came out on top both times. I Yeah, but I go with epic rap battles of history and I like their version better. Oh, of course you do because you're an anime fan over comic <laughs> books. Get out of here. See, now we're, not, now we're arguing, but that's one of the oldest debates, Goku versus Superman. All right, next question. How much should we care about making ourselves happy? Like, how important is it that you're happy? I think one's own happiness should be one of the top priorities. I mean, if we're going to say like a top 10 list, it should be in that top 10 list of things that make you happy at the very minimum. 
probably a little higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, you could you can you go we can nitpick that like how much of that is being selfish, you know, because I can do a lot of things that make me happy that are would be borderline selfish because I'm taking my time away from either my wife or my kid or from other people that are asking me to or things I need to get done. But I think that if you're seeing in like studies that are going on right now, especially with results from the pandemic, people were starting to choose happiness over work because they're like, this job is miserable. I'm not going to die in a pandemic to make this thing happen. I'd rather stay home and be happier and find a new way to make myself happy than work something that makes me miserable. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think we're at a time in our society where people are realizing that their mental health and their mental well-being is more important than it was in years past. Like, you know, our our parents, like our, our parents and grandparents were much more old school generation, like rub some dirt in it, nobody cares, get over it. Yeah. I think it's important that uh, nowadays... People see therapists more commonly. People take care of their mental health more. You can make, there's trillions of arguments about medication, pros, cons, whatever. I'm not going to get into that because in all honesty, yeah. I'm not a doctor. And I shouldn't have an here. opinion about something I don't know about, which is hilarious because you go onto Twitter and everybody's got an opinion, but nobody's got any knowledge or information about it. Or so, they, they have an opinion that lasts 140 characters. That's a really good way to like inform me of what you know. I feel like I've learned everything about a subject in 140 characters, Thir- <laughs> 13 of which were emojis, and then yes. another 20 were hashtags. But anyway, I think that... I'll read the question for you if you want, since I do have the list so we can kind of have a little more back and forth. If you want, but I didn't get, I didn't get to answer. Yeah, I'm oh, still, I'm dang, still guys, I'm through. You're, I'm not, you're I'm getting so excited. Being a co-host. Getting so excited right over there. But I think caring about how much... You you make yourself happy, yeah. There there's a line where it gets a selfishness, where it's you know putting yourself completely over. But you know, both Brendan and I are married, and I think one of the most important things about any relationship is being able to good communication with your partner. Like, yes. hey, I'm I'm feeling a certain way right now. I need time to just take a breath and focus on me. Like, there are times where Melanie's like, I can't talk to you. I need just a second. I need, especially in the morning. She is not a morning person, and I am <laughs> Sonic the freaking Hedgehog in the morning. Like, boom. So I think taking that time to to focus on yourself, it's not selfish. It's something that is very important. You want to read the next question, Brendan? Yes, please. Thank you. So, <laughs> oh God. All right. Now, is it possible to feel happy and sad at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've felt that. I've really felt that. Like, especially like, so this past weekend, I had overtime from fi- like five in the afternoon to about 10 o'clock at night. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, like the nights, the days that I don't want to do anything after I'm done. Three in a row? Three in a row. Oh, Jesus, man. Like last night, my my wife and Sean from Cinematic Adventures and a group of our friends all went out while I had to go to work. So you could feel happy and sad at the same time. Like I was happy that I was making money, easy money, like enjoying myself, doing my job. But I was also sad that... I should have been out bowling with everyone and then having greasy chicken tenders afterwards. <laughs> like in all honesty. So I think I think it's definitely possible to be happy and sad. Even with podcasting, I was telling Melanie, I did an interview for the first time in quite some time. I know people have been asking about us doing interviews and we are going to be doing them again at some point, just more, not so many in a row. It'd be a little bit more topic interview, topic interview type setup. But um, like I was so overwhelmed with scheduling and, and trying to get all that done. So I was, I was kind of doing it on my own. Because I have all the podcasting and you know editing equipment here at the house, so I love to podcast. I love talking to people. I love being on a microphone. I find it's like my happy place. But then I have to edit and schedule and this and that, and then I'm like, ah, and I'm sad now because this is this is the stuff I don't want to be doing. 
I have that thought too. Like, oh, I'll record a video. That's really easy. It's really fun. I have my little script written up. And then I record a video. I'm like, oh, wait, I got to edit this. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I got to make a thumbnail. Oh, wait, I got to write a description now. <laughs> I can't even make a thumbnail. So you know what? You're already better than I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what about you? Happy and happy and safe? Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a thing. I mean, I feel that's where the, like the term bittersweet kind of comes in. Right. You know, whether it's, you know, bittersweet. Could, I mean, I usually think of bittersweet could be like a breakup or it could definitely be the ending of a movie where, again, you're not happy. You didn't get you didn't get everything. So you're a little sad. But then you got to realize the big thing is like, yeah, I got what I want. I think if you want like a movie, good movie reference, I would say like in the scene in Shawshank before Red gets out, he's very much like, yeah, I think he has a line about it, it was a, your, your place is a, it's a sin. You knew it was a sin to keep the person caged up, but your your place is just that much more drab and sad because now they're gone. Right. You know, so you knew, you know, so I agree with you. It could definitely be happy and sad at the same time. Hmm. So then the next question is, is it necessary? Is it really necessary to pursue happiness? I feel like a lot of people get to a point where they just stop. Like they they get to that point where they either they have the full time job that's you know that they maybe they wanted but maybe they didn't want and they're just you know you see people just get really complacent. Just they get to a point where they stop taking care of themselves. They just kind of you know do whatever to to numb that feeling that the, that something's missing and they just go through the motions. I think it's really important to pursue happiness and to never stop learning and never stop trying to be better and I will always look at my life and be like, "Hey, what what can be better? What can make me happier? What can make my wife happier? What can make our family happier?" And it may not always work out, but at least I'll always be able to say that I tried and I pushed and I looked for it. But what about you? What's how how important is it to pursue I happiness? I think to pursue happiness I think there's, you're, you're pursuing it to a certain point because if you're constantly pursuing it, that means you're not being content with what you already have mm -hmm. or you're finding something new like, oh, this isn't great. I'm going to try to find and make this better to make me happier and whatnot. I I think it's kind of one of those things where it's it takes some of the ideas from Buddhism. It's like uh, it's almost pursuing happiness all the time is like trying to pursue desire and desire is the root of all e evils or of why you have pain in the world and suffering. So I don't think it's necessarily pursue happiness all the time. I think you should get to a certain level, you know, get the job you want, try to create the life you want. But then if you try to really nitpick it too much, then I think you, you, you're, 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 that's not pursuing happiness and you should stop pursuing because you already got it. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. You want to do the next one? Sure. Yeah. Are we happier now as a society than in times past? Why or why not? No, absolutely not. Our society is so miserable with each other. Like you can't I, – I think it's fairly important that nowadays social media and the internet have been amazing tools for, for learning and for connecting and for staying in touch with people that you may not have. But it's also created – like our society has such a huge divide in it now and it's almost straight down the middle. It's like – and you can't be – you can't have opinions about something. You're either right or you're wrong. And unfortunately, whoever you talk to is going to say, well, that's right or that's wrong. I like people that – you know, I try and listen to people's different stories, especially when it comes to stuff like politics. And I'll never get into politics too heavily just because nobody can ever agree on them. But I always like to say there are some things I feel one way about and some things I feel maybe on the other side of the fence about. And the fact is our society can't have a conversation anymore. They can't just talk civilized and be like, okay, I see your point. Here's mine. You know, take with it what you will. Nowadays, it's either you're right, you're wrong, cancel culture, you know, just Twitter feuds and 
people just arguing and, and just getting nasty. There is no need. I never curse. I'm not a big, I, well, I rarely curse. I know, Brendan, you don't curse at all, which is something yeah, I, I'm I actually, very strongly about not trying to curse. So like for me, I always, I never use profanity when I'm talking to somebody and you know, the, the kids that I work with notice and, and I told them, I was like, guys, you ever hear me curse? And they're like, no, I was like, cause you can get your point across without turning into, without it turning into a tantrum or without exactly. using profanity. You know, you watch all these people that like, They'll get up in front of their school boards and stuff like that, and they'll start off really articulate, and then suddenly they explode into this tirade of nonsensical things, and then people forget the the sense that they made at the beginning. They just yeah. think about how crazy they sound at the end. But I also feel like, too, the no cursing bit, sometimes two, two things, really. One, there are so many more ways to insult somebody than just the seven words that George Carlin talked about. So I feel like <laughs> you should be clever, you know, find a different way to insult somebody if you're going to. And then two, if you don't actually curse, when you actually do, people kind of take notice of that. Oh, yeah. I, we notice when you, we've heard the one or two odd pearls from you and just like the whole room stops. So, yeah. So I think that was, that's the big thing about that. And you're right. I think I know, actually yeah, you're right. But I forgot what I was going to cover. follow that up with. <laughs> about how people can't agree, how people you can do. I this. think it was probably more back to the cursing thing a little bit, but you know, I think you're ultimately though. I I do. Are we sorry, happier? I think you're probably right. We're not as happy now as we used to be in the past, but I also don't think the past was that much better, honestly. Because if you think about, like, if you lived in the 1950s, you'd probably find something to complain about. Mm -hmm. You might, if you were living in the you know the turn of the century, you know, when they when, before the car came around, you'd probably find something to be complaining about does do does having less make you feel better it makes it a little bit you know maybe maybe hmm. it makes it easier to make you be happier but i feel like too it's like the further back you go in time you're also going further down the maslow's hierarchy of, of needs i believe so you got to go up to you know you have to have a certain amount of security and safety in society before you can start even thinking about happiness mm -hmm. i you know People ask me like what my values are. Like, you know, that's a, a thing that Ronnie and I growing up in our in the work environment we were in, that was a big thing. Like, what are your values? What are the things that you value the most? And I always said my health and vitality was number one. And like people would be like, Well, what about your family? What about your friends? And I go, if I can't take care of myself and make myself strong and healthy, how am I gonna take care of another person? And especially now in, in today's society and, and in my current workforce, it's very important that I'm able to take care of myself. Cause if if I'm not healthy and vital and strong, how am I going to be a protector or a guardian to somebody else? And it's, you know, it's similar. It's like, you know, when you, safety and security, I always say trumps happiness. I'd rather be safe and secure at first and then find my happiness with that security. And I, I also feel like you're, you take more risks in trying to find happiness when you have that safety net behind you. So that's just me. I hear though. you. Yeah. I hear you with that. Yeah. What you were saying about again taking care of yourself and your health, you know, the health and well-being. If you can't take care of yourself, who how can you take care of other people? Mm -hmm. You just mentioned that in the last podcast. And I'm trying to take that more to heart because I had looked down and like I'm very content and happy and whatnot, but I realize that contentness is starting to show its way physically in me in a couple of ways where I'm like, yeah, I gotta bring the scale down a, a little, little bit. bit so right? I mean, yeah. It gets harder. It's good motivation, I feel like right. If I can't take care of myself, how am I gonna be there? Because I know. My kid's young. He's growing. And when he starts running around this house or crawling around the house, well, I, I need to be able to keep up. And yeah. If I can't keep up, I'm going to be in trouble. So Kids have infinite energy. It is wild. And like, I, I like to think that I have so much energy, but then I'll play with like my nephew or my niece. And after like an hour, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I, I'm, I'm done. Go, go play on your iPad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be bad when, when Melanie and I grace the world with our progeny. But... 
Looking so, forward to it. I am too, but I don't know if physically I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> cardio is not my thing. Give me all the weights. I'm not a big fan of cardio. But uh, who's asking the next one? I think it's you. My turn. Does yes. anyone else's happiness affect my own? I think to a point, you know, it's it's really hard sometimes. Like my my current workplace morale is exceptionally low, so it's very hard to like like I'm a happy person. I'm a I'm an energetic like take the very day, true take the day by the horns or whatever the bull's doing. I don't know what the phrase is, but poor bull either way. And I like to to really kind of run with it and look on the brighter side. And sometimes it's really hard when you're surrounded by by people and yes you choose your people you choose your tribe you choose who you're surrounded with but sometimes you you don't have the option right sometimes you, you have to be around people that normally you wouldn't be friends with or you wouldn't socialize with and unfortunately sometimes when they're miserable taking like they just try and take you down even if it's subconsciously it's like it's that energy just kind of draws out of you so i think to a point other people's happiness can especially with social media now like it's really hard sometimes you go on social media and you see these people living lavish lives because people only put the good stuff on social media. Yes. Like my wife and I went to Italy this past summer and I'm sure that somebody saw our pictures of us like climbing Mount Vesuvius or on a boat tour and they were like, man, I hate them. They're, they're like, that's just the way people are now, unfortunately. But I always like to say that my happiness is mine. Please don't touch it. No, and that's a good point. I mean, I feel the same way sometimes with work. I've been I've been in the same place for almost thirteen years now, mm-hmm. and I've you know I've seen a lot of things change in moods and whatnot. I've been a part of different tours that def- definitely had different vibes to them. I think is the word to look for it. And I realized early on you can't make everybody happy, but what I would try to do, since I can't make the whole workplace happy. I just try to make the people within my immediate circle as be- make them happy, make them feel like this is a, a fun place, or be a reason why people would want to come there to spend, you know, work there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I get, and then we were saying too about the FOMO or the idea that, oh, this person's having a great thing or that person's doing something awesome. Yeah, it very much makes you, makes you reflect on yourself. And you're like, why am I not doing that? But I think partly too is because they're showing something, or you don't have a good defined idea of what makes you happy or what you want to what would make you happy so you see somebody else doing this and like i must if i'm doing that then i'm then i'm gonna be happy but because i'm not doing that i'm not happy and so yeah that fomo or that fear of or again jealousy and envy yeah that desire to have what they want you know i remember feeling that a little bit i was going walking around new york city yesterday i see this guy you know looking all suave looking a lot nicer you know i'm like probably has you know a nice job pays him a lot more money I'm like, man, I wish I had his income that I could be, I could just do that and wear what I want. Or I remember hanging out with a guy and he was like, you know, just like, oh, I spend like for me, like in terms of money, let's say if something's like 20 bucks, sure, no problem. Hmm. But imagine being that guy that has like, oh, it's a hundred bucks. Yeah, no problem. And to them, a hundred dollar bill is like a $20 bill. Like that's something that I've had to deal with myself where I've wanted to be that level and realize that. Uh, either I got to work harder, get a better job, than, or job that pays more money to do that, or learn to kind of accept what I have, and I—that's the route I'm taking, and it's tough. Yeah, man, I feel that. It, it's funny because the next question actually has to do with material wealth. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You, you can say it. So, if any, if someone has less material wealth than me, does this automatically make him unhappy? And you know, we'll, we'll tweak the question so that it also goes to the opposite. If somebody has more material wealth than me, does that automatically automatically make me unhappy? So just slight disclosure, my dad does very well for himself. My dad is a very successful, very hardworking guy. Like he's worked his entire life 
and he's done very well for himself to the point where he's been able to provide a certain life for his family. And that's because that's his values, right? If he could, yes. Yeah. If he could provide for his family, he's doing what he's supposed to like. That is his purpose. Like, just like how for me, if I'm taking care of myself, it leads to better options for everybody. Like everybody has different values. My dad has one of the greatest work ethics you'll ever encounter, like hardest working guy. And so he is very used to that kind of lifestyle where, you know, he'll throw a thousand dollars out like nothing. And I'm like counting pennies because I'm very, for me, I I like to be very self-reliant. I like to work for what I get and earn what I get. And I think if anything, my dad respects me for it usually because I'm not running to, you know, for handouts. I'm not expecting anything. So for me, I think you look at people with material wealth and here's a great example. Like I mentioned, Mel and I went to Italy this past year and we bought one big gift. We wanted to, we wanted one big memento from our trip, and we both got two Italian leather jackets. Nice. They're beautiful. But, like, it's funny. If I wear that in public and somebody notices it and I'm like, oh, it, it's Italian from Italy, they may immediately have an assumption about me that, True. oh, look at him. They may not know that Mel and I, we budgeted. We, we made sure that this was our, our thing. We made sure that our finances were in order. And that was the one thing that we got from Italy, like the one big thing. So it's all about perspective. And I think that if I see someone who has less or more material wealth than me, more, they might be a little bit happier. Less, they might be a little bit unhappier. But in all honesty, I don't know anything about them. I just know that they either don't have a nice car or they have a nice car. It doesn't really reflect on them as a person. So I I don't ever see material wealth and be like, that person's automatically more happy or less happy than me. Yeah, no, I think for me, you know, it's more probably a reflection of what my mind state is than it really is what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, I was comparing myself. This guy has something that looks a little nicer than me. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that. And then clearly my my I'm unhappy right now, you right. know. Whereas if I see somebody who has less than me, if anything, I feel like I, 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 and then I probably feel unhappy for them. Whether he feels unhappy, I don't actually know. Because I'm not going to ask the guy, like, hey, how, how happy are you right now? But I know I might feel unhappy for him. Yeah, no, I get that. It's it's weird. Material stuff, it's just just because it's so tangible, it, it yeah. automatically triggers that in our heads. But then again, you see people with nothing, with zero, that live live in a van that travel around the country and they're the happiest people you can possibly meet because they're just like, I'm good. I'm doing yeah. I mean, I also know that that's also was a trade off a bit too, because I know we had we had some neighbors that didn't really take care of their house, but they were always traveling. And so that was something that I you know, I was reading the four hour work week and that's kind of the idea that I got in my head is there's a trade off. If you want to travel the world and put all your money in that, then you're not going to have a lot of possessions. Right. If you go towards, I want to have a house, I want to have maybe a family, you want to have a lot more possessions, don't expect to travel. Don't expect to have as often as somebody who's giving up everything to not live in a one place, you know? Mm -hmm. So the next question, I think you just did the last one, right? Yep. All right. Yep. This is yours. What brings true happiness? We've kind of touched base on this one a little bit. What does it mean to be happy and all that stuff? I think, like I said, true happiness is just being content and just being present in your moments, not not wondering about what's coming next or what I need to do next. I mean, if you if you find happiness in sitting down and goal setting and writing out like what your plans are for the week, cool, do you? I have no problem with people who are very goal oriented, but at the same time, for me personally, my true happiness is just not doing much and just relaxing. If I could literally sit behind a podcast microphone for my entire life and make a great living off of it, awesome. I would do it in a heartbeat because that's what I like to do. And I'm confident you will get yourself there. I hope so. Hopefully, maybe after retirement. We'll see. 
eventually. I, I'm trying to think about that too. Like, what am I going to do after I retire? What's next after that? It's wild. yeah. What brings true happiness? Again, being in the moment, and I, yeah, I think contentment. Not, I, and I think the lack of desire. I'm I've been reading a little bit more about like what's in you know what Buddhism talks about and stuff like that, and I I think they have the right way about how to go things. It's still hard. Oh, yeah. But I still think the idea that removing desire from your life will, you know, lead you to the more happiness and hopefully nirvana. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can get behind that a little bit. Let's see. I'll, I'll, you want to do the next one? We can just yeah, finish yes. this up. I have no problem. There's only sure, like yeah, we only have more. a few left. Yeah, only like four um, more. Can happiness be measured or quantified like money and power? I don't think so. I, there's not like a happiness gauge. It's not like, how many times did I smile today? Like, for me, yes. I just... It's either I feel happy or I don't. It's not more happy, less happy. I, for me, it's it's never, well, I'm a little happy today, but I'm also a little sad today. Like, I've never thought about it in that regard. It's always just been, yeah, I'm in a good mood, or I'm in a crap mood. It's, it's one or the other. It could change, too. It's it's something that's so constantly in flux. Like, a day at work can start off terrible, and then suddenly something happens, and you snap back into reality, and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm actually doing pretty well. All things are actually, they're not as bad as they may, as I may have thought they were this morning. What about you? I think we kind of do that actually a little bit. Because you ask people like, hey, you know, was today a good day? Yeah, today was a good day. Now, do we usually now, – I know I'm equating good with happy. But I think we probably do that a little bit. I think we I think we quantify it a little bit in terms of was today a good day or was today a bad day? And by good meaning happy and bad meaning bad. Yeah. I don't know. Like, again, I've never really thought about it. Like, how, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how good was my day or how bad was my day? I've never really – it's either like my day's kind of crappy and I'll come home and I'll vent to my wife for a little bit or, you know, have a glass of wine or it's funny because even wine, like sometimes it used to be we would have a glass of wine during the week when we were stressed. Now, when we have a good day, we're like, let's celebrate and have a glass of wine. The amount of those wine. Those are the things you got to celebrate sometimes, those little things. I know like at one point we were trying to like, you know, like every month for on his like month anniversary for my son, we're like, yeah, we'll celebrate a little bit. It's a, he's seven months alive. Let's celebrate, you know, something <laughs> like that, you know? You know, I like that though. And I think that that's something that's definitely you guys and so perfect for you. Other people would be like, well, I would never do that. But for you, that you find happiness in it. You find joy in it. Yeah. I, I hate when people downplay other people's ways of being happy. Like, why oh, are you doing yeah. that? That's stupid. I'm like... Well, why? Why do you care? Why do exactly? You, why are you taking the time out to like say something negative about my positive experience? Like, relax. What those people are doing that makes them happy? They're not asking you for the money to pay for it. They're not asking you to be a part of it. So you're you shouldn't have you know, yuck up their yum, you know, in a sense. But to have a little fun with you, like you're saying, and sometimes you know you have a bad day, and then you get home, and maybe you talk to your wife, and things get a little bit better. In a sense, you quantified your day a little bit where it's like it was 90% terrible, but then a 10% later at home was ha was better. So just pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I've never really thought about it in terms of it's either I have a good day, a bad day, or I had a day that started off this way and ended this way. Those are my three – the only way I quote-unquote measure my day of happiness. Okay. Are certain types of experiences inherently happier than others? That's a tough Honestly, one. Yes. You would say yes? Go go for it. I would say yes. Certain types of inherently happiness. Yeah, I think that sitting down to eat a bunch of Oreos would be make me really happy. Or, you know, I, or again, to make it more broad, I think sitting down to eat a good meal makes people happy. You've, you've had that experience where you're either somebody prepared for you or you go out to a nice restaurant. And you're like, oh, wow, this is really good. I'm very happy right now. Mm -hmm. There are certain, I think, would think some physical pleasures and experiences that probably make people really happy a lot of the time too. So I would think that's one thing. And 
I think anything also like somewhat scary is another type of example, like roller coasters, horror movies can make people really, you know, I'm not one of the people that watch a horror movie to get happy, but I think some people really some people enjoy do. the thrill of almost being slashed. <laughs> of that, that, that adrenaline rush. I, I hate horror movies. I hate jump scares. Like, I hate anticipation like that. I think certain types of experiences are inherently happier just in terms of perspective, right? For, for, it's going to be different for everyone. Like, my, okay. our wedding. My wedding was one of the happiest days of my life. For a lot of people, it is. Like, that's something that's just inherently happier than other events. Yeah. Like, big life events, having kids, getting married, being intimate for the first time with somebody that you're really into. Like, all those things, they have an inherent happiness to them. But, like, in all honesty, I think... You know, it's, it's again, it's down to the person, it's perspective. Like you, for you sitting down and having a plate of Oreos is like the coolest thing ever. For me, I would rather, it's similar, but I would rather have like a giant piece of chocolate cake. Like yeah, same, same idea, but just slightly different. So I think it's perspective, but I also think that there's a lot of things that are events that people just naturally find happier than others. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that too. Like, you know, like. My wedding day was one of the happiest. My honeymoon was a blast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then when I'm having my son now, it's like days are much more. He makes my life so much more happier. Getting home to him and just like, hey, and just picking up, making him smile and laugh. Like, I'm good now. I don't need anything else for the rest of my day. I'm good. Mm -hmm. We got two more questions. Go ahead. You're up. All right. Is it always best to seek out pleasure over avoiding pain? I don't think so. I think... You have to sometimes deal with the negative in your life and you have to deal with the bad. It'd be really easy. Like that that's why people get addicted to things like alcohol yeah. or other things. It's because it's easier to find that small amount of pleasure sometimes than dealing with the pain. My wife and I have to sometimes have very difficult conversations. And anybody who's been in a long-term relationship knows that that honeymoon phase wears off eventually and you have to start talking about finances and, you know, yeah. careers and some uncomfortable things. And I think that a lot of times people will avoid that as much as they can and they'll focus on all the good, all the good, all the good. But sometimes you have to you have to face the bad. Like I think I said it with one of the other ones that steel is made through fire. Like you yes. can't you can't put steel in or you can't make steel without burning it first. Like and exactly. and beating it down. And I always think that the most resilient and happiest people are some of the ones that have just dealt with their trauma the best rather than just numb it and try and find that that small pleasure to avoid dealing with that actual pain. I mean, I think that's also too why, like this, going back to the social media stuff there, that's definitely something you're like, Oh, the dopamine hit up, getting the likes, getting the comments. And that's a way of, you know, also just avoiding mobile gaming. You're like, Oh, I don't want to do this thing. This is more fun. And that's something too, where I've, I've had struggles with where I'm trying to like, you know, I probably, I could do laundry today or I could just spend the, it's a free day. I'll just spend playing video games. I'll worry about the laundry later, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And so, I think we're unfortunately right now our society, our Western society is definitely focused more on numbing the pain, whether again be through dopamine hits, through you know social media, video games at times, as much as it begrudges me to say that. You know, like you said, alcohol and drugs, people people are, will try to seek pleasure over pain and it's not always the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then we get to our last question, which is ironic considering we just mentioned the dopamine. Is happiness <laughs> just the product of chemical reactions in the brain? I think there is a science behind happiness, but again, yeah. it is dopamine and all these things are caused by what like excites you individually. So like something that makes Brendan really happy may not make Paul really happy. And so True. we, we could experience the exact same thing. We can even experience it right next to each other and it's not going to hit the same way for each of us. It's like when, uh, 
when Mel and I go to the movies and we go see a superhero movie and something happens in that superhero movie that I'm like, yes. And she's sitting there going, yeah, just because is it the same experience? Absolutely. But do we interpret it differently? And does our body react differently? Absolutely. You know, it's like your fight or flight. More, a lot of people will actually fly away and some people jump into that fight. It's all, it's all relative to the person. And I think that, yes, to a point, your brain is doing reaction. Your brain reacts to the chemicals that are produced and your body reacts to it too. It's like breathing. It's like all these things. But I, I always think that those reactions happen because of what you find that makes you happy. I would say, I, I kind of agree. I would say that happiness is not the product of the chemical reactions in the brain. It's us exposing ourselves to things that are that we like. And a, the dopamine is just the, the physiological me mechanism that makes it happen. But I don't think it's the product per se. It's just that we do things that make us happy. And the body, ha and that's just, we just happen to discover that dopamine is the drug that can simulate that. Mm -hmm. So I was going to have a little fun with you just now. You're saying about watching the same movie and you're saying it's the same experience. But I feel like at times it's not because you have more, maybe more context, you know, so like I'm looking forward at some point having my son watch Avengers Endgame at some point in the future. Okay. But his first experience seeing that moment is not the same as mine experience because I had the context of waiting 10 oh years God, to actually yes. see something like that as opposed to he's going to, you know, okay, 20 hours or however many movies, 60 hours later, he's going to get there. I mean, like my dad described to me the time of seeing on um, Star Wars A New Hope when the big Star Destroyer goes across the screen for the first time. I did see the movie in theaters at one time. I saw that moment, but it wasn't the exact same thing for me, though we're both watching the same movie on the same type of screen, mm -hmm. but first for him where it had never been seen before. I think that's one of those things with people. I, I would try. You look up things and say, "What was the best thing of this?" or "Why was this the best version of that?" And I, like I say, like the greatest sports moments, for example. I'm sorry that we keep going back to sports for you, but I think what happens sometimes, what's missing, and you could put this maybe with like music moments of history, is the context of like why was this special? Why this had never been done before? Like I probably get, I get chills still watching Tony Hawk's first 900, you know, on the TV screen. Like, oh, oh my God, that was partly because I saw it live. But oh my God, that was insane. And now you find out there's like a 12-year-old that can do a 900. There's a 1080 now. No uh -huh. sweat. No but I think it's that context that because I saw it, I remember my moments. I remember being young, seeing that. But whereas somebody else, like I show it to you, you might still have the same reaction because maybe you saw it then or you saw or and you played the games as well. But if you had never, never seen it before, you're like, oh, that's kind of neat. But they got all reaction because you don't have that context and that history with it. So that's why when I have kids, they will wait the exact same amount of, in between the movies that I had to. So I'm going to look Ooh. at when those movies came out. Oh, <laughs> finish Avengers Infinity War. All right, let's start the next one. Oh, no, 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 no. Youngblood, you got a year to wait. <laughs> Enjoy. That's that might not be. I mean, I thought about that with the Harry Potters being like, all right, you're what, 11. All right, we can read year one. You're 12, we can read year two now, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sav savage parenting. You guys have to suffer like we suffered. It, you know, like when, yeah. when we were younger, our parents were always, I had to walk 15 miles through the snow. For us, it's going to be like, I had to wait one year after finding, uh, fi to find out what happened to all the Avengers. So now you do exactly. too. Oh, you, you just found out Luke's, uh, Luke's father is Darth Vader? Now you got to wait to Return of the Jedi. Ooh. <laughs> then, make the wait, then make the wait 30 years to, to see episode one. Now, and do the machete. Make him do the machete version. <laughs> machete version is actually the preferred version as well. But that is our entire section on happiness and philosophy, philosophical questions about happiness. I think the next one is morals and ethics, which should be interesting. 
Oh man, I might get you and Ronnie on that one if you guys are I, both I, around. Look, I, I'm I'm down for that. I definitely think. Oh god, I, I, there's like I know it's like this whole other scale with morals and ethics. I'm jumping the shark a little bit, but I just I, I'm trying to remember what the actual term was for it. You know, because those are some interesting discussions about different morality and ethical hierarchies and set structures. Uh, so th that one's going to be fun. But that is going to wrap us up for today. Really quick, Brendan, if people wanted to watch any of your YouTube content, where would they go? We'll go on YouTube and search for BlindBat8719. So B-L-N-D-B-A-T-8719. There is no I am blind because that's why I'm blind. I'm missing an I. Hmm. That's my dumb joke, and I'm going to stick with it for every time I'm on the show. It's always going to uh, happen. So yeah, just, look for, just search for that on, on YouTube, and you shall find me. I'm a little bat logo. And then, yeah, that, so please check out your – again, I do content for Magic the Gathering for the historic brawl format. So if you play, if you play Magic and you play like Commander, it's – commander light on arena so please come check it out my stuff um and shoot me some ideas drop a comment saying that you found me on the podcast would love to find out that that i'm reaching out to people that way yeah and also if you guys go to our website themisfitfaction.com there's a link under our uh, misfit friends or misfit affiliates whatever it's whichever the page is and you can actually click onto brendan's content from there so make sure you guys a go very through. much easier way <laughs> yes that is the easier actually i feel like going to youtube for a youtube channel is the easier way but if you guys end up on our website you can also find us on all of our social media instagram tiktok twitter facebook make sure you guys check that out just type in uh, misfit faction or mf uncensored and you'll find some of our content but brendan we want to thank you again for jumping onto the show it was a blast as always thank you very much for having me i had a blast as well and that wraps us up i'm paul i'm brendan and we'll see you guys next time Bye.